the competitive 40K Network presents Art of War. Art of War. Strategy and tactics. Discussion with the best players on the planet. Your hosts, Nick Nanavati and John Damaris. Nick Nanavati and John Damaris. Hello and welcome to another Art of War podcast. I am your robo-host, Richard Siegler, and Art of War coach. And I am bringing you a very special episode here today, led by Nick Nanavati. You may not have heard this name before, but he is a champion, a former ITC champion, four-time Adepticon winner, four-time Nova Invitational winner, and an Art of War coach. He is a legend of the game. He's been here for a very, very long time. And he is going to be interviewed by a special guest host, Mr. John Lennon, also an Art of War coach. We've got the full trifecta here tonight, and I'm very excited to hear about this brand new Sisters of Battle list. I'm very disappointed that you didn't announce me as a zero-time Adepticon winner. <laughs> well, I'm in the same boat, John. <laughs> All right, well, let's get this thing started. Uh, today we are going to be talking about Mr. Nick Nanavati's Sisters of Battle. Nick is coming off of a recent victory at the uh, Table and Towers GT, a 58-man person uh, event, correct me if I'm wrong, in Maryland? Yeah, it was in Maryland. Awesome, awesome. So really excited about this. Uh, Sisters are a relatively new faction still, but I think they've kind of been overlooked recently with all of the other uh, new releases that we've been getting. So I'm really excited to kind of dive deep today into one of the uh, more recent books from 8th edition. Awesome. So I guess I'll just get started by going through my list. So I, it's a, I took one big Bloody Rose Battalion. Uh, I took uh, the Triumph of St. Catherine and then a pair of Candidates. One, I uh, gave the extra relic for Beneficence, and she had a Null Rod, and she had the Warlord trait for Righteous Rage. So basically, she is uh, eight attacks, nine with the Preacher. Um, when she charges, get charged to Heroic Prevention, because that's what Bloody Rose does. Uh, the Beneficence is basically like a Teeth of Terra, like a Chain Sword that's a lot of damage and many attacks. And then Righteous Rage gives a reroll wound, so she slaps really hard. The other Canonist had a Blessed Blade, which I upgraded to the Relic Blade for the Argon Blade. So she's kind of like a Thunder Hammer Captain, right? She's like five attacks, uh, strength plus three, minus three damage, or minus three P3 damage. So the pair of them are pretty nice. Then I have five units of Sisters with Simulacrums. The Simulacrums are free nowadays, so you just take them. Um, three units of Repentia, classic, standard, but I didn't go for the full 27. I went for a nine girl, an eight girl, and a five girl. Uh, the nine, nine, five is kind of the idea here. I just shaved one off for points. I got to give credit to John on that one. He came up with the 995, and I've loved it ever since. Um, a unit of nine Zephyrim, uh, a Preacher, an Imagifier, who actually was my Warlord. She had the Warlord trait for Indomitable Belief, which is the plus one Invil Aura. She took the Book of St. Lucius, which extends all her aura ranges by three inches, so it's a nine-inch Invil plus one-inch aura of plus one Invil. And then Tale of the Warriors, what I wrote on my list, so she, had, she also gave off an aura of plus one strength. Really nice for bringing the strength three sister army to strength four, or the Repentia up to strength seven to help fight tanks, or on those smash cannons, is giving them quite strong. Um, one of the nice things about the Imagifier also is that at the table, you can choose to use a strat to give her an additional tail. So if I were to play against something like Chaos, I could give her the uh, reroll denies tail. Or if I were to play against... Uh, an army like Admech, who has a lot of AP1 damage shots, I can take the tail for ignoring AP-1 and really just sitting sisters in cover and not caring about the firepower. Uh, after that, I took a unit of two Crusaders. Nothing too fancy there. They're just a unit for the sake of being a unit. They're infantry. They're not characters. They can scramble. They can raise banners. They can perform actions, outflank, real new stuff. A unit of five Seraphim with two Hand Flamers and two Inferno Pistols. 
Usually you see kind of one or the other. You'll see four-hand flamers or four Inferno pistols. I went for a mix because I was trying to be clever. Didn't hate it. <laughs> Two units of five Retributors. Uh, they're classic standard. You know, They had three Multi-Meltas, a Simulacrum because it's free, and then two Cherubs as well. I didn't go for four Multi-Meltas because you can't take a Simulacrum and a Multi-Melt on the same girl. The Sergeant can't take a Simulacrum. So you either bump them up to six ladies, in which case they kind of make my Rhino numbers awkward, or you just take three Multi-Meltas and just accept you have two less shots, but the Cherubs make up for it. Then I had a unit of three Mortifiers, one of whom was an Anchorite. And uh, three rhinos to drive all these ladies around. All right, awesome. That sounds a lot like the traditional uh, Bloody Rose list. I think Bloody Rose has been the most popular recently of the uh, various sisters factions, at least from what I've seen in the United States. But there's a couple of little twists in there. Uh, you've been playing with sisters quite a lot, right, since their inception? Yeah, I've been playing sisters probably for about a year now, I would say. And at this point, I, I play them probably once every two weeks on an average on our streams, maybe a little less than that. But uh, I've played them a lot. I've taken them to a couple of tournaments before. Uh, I've tried nearly everything there is to try in that codex, so I'm like pretty well-versed in how it is. And what I found is like there is a beauty to simplicity with sisters. I've tried our Martyred Lady as a splash attachment. I've tried Valorous Heart Sisters. I've tried all kinds of stuff. But at the end of the day, sisters' strats, I find, are what actually, like strats and Miracle Dice make the army work. So I want to just be one detachment, and that's Bloody Rose. All right, perfect. And just for anyone who's maybe not familiar with sisters, uh, they can be pretty rare. What exactly does Bloody Rose give you? So Bloody Rose is basically their chapter tactic. I think it's their sacred, whatever it's called. Um, it gives you an additional AP in the first round of combat. So if your AP 0 goes to AP 1, if your AP 2 goes to AP 3, uh, for whatever your punches are. And then a plus 1 attack uh, in a turn which you were charged were charged your heroic intervention. So basically the first round of combat, your plus one attack. It's really nice. Um, this coupled with the Preacher, your plus two attacks, your additional AP, the Imagifier gives you plus one strength. And then Bloody Rose's unique stratagem is uh, plus one to wound for one command point, basically vets for a close combat only. So you can really kill almost anything with, with just sisters in close combat or like Repentions, Ephraim, things of that nature. It's a very combat-based sisters army, but sisters still bless to scale three and have access to multi-melt as a miracle dice. Canis is off rear ones. They can still be quite the shooting force, even if this chapter isn't built for it. Okay, awesome. I really like the way this sounds. So for someone who maybe hasn't played Sisters on the table before, what exactly does this army play like? It sounds like you've got a couple of good shooting units, a couple of good melee units, some pretty decent buffs, some good characters. You've got a little bit of everything, even a few transports in there. How does this army like to play on the table? That's a great question. I think Sisters are a toolbox army. And that fits my style perfectly. I love the toolbox armies. It's not the shootiest army in the game. It's not the punchiest army in the game. It's not the fastest of the game. It's not the toughest army in the game. But it can do all of them decently well. And then when you couple in the fact that you have miracle dice and stratagems and all that, you can you can make plays guaranteed. And you'll hear any of the top players, anyone of our war coaches will tell you this. You want to remove variance from your 40k game. You want to basically make it so that dice can't screw you over. And sisters do that so well because you have miracle dice. You have ways to modify die rolls after you've rolled them. Then all that couples together to make sure that you know what's going to happen. So you just have a very, very consistent army made of appropriately costed models with great stats. That's pretty much all it is. There's a lot of obsec in my army. So I played the primary mission pretty well. I took, you know, Battalion only needs three units of five sisters, but I opted for five because I just found three units of five wasn't enough. OPSEC was a real 
thing that my army wanted to have. And uh, the Repentia hits super hard, the multi multi retributor shoot. I think there's a lot of different ways you can play this exact list, and they all kind of depend on the mission you're playing and the opponent you're playing in your own personal play style. But the way I used it was very much a patient army where I just kind of hid behind walls and used terrain. There's a lot of great terrain at this event. Used terrain, played angles with the multi multi retributors so they could fire at something without really taking much return fire. Look for any sort of small advantages I can gain that way. Maybe deep strike some Zephyrim using Miracle Dice to potentially create an automatic charge out of reserve so your opponent has to start expanding his screens. Um, you know, if, if you have that threat coming in from reserve, you, you're either, as your opponent, going to let it come down and automatically charge you and kill stuff because it's still Bloody Rose Zephyrim, or he's going to set up some screens, which is the ideal thing here because you can then start to capitalize on the fact that there's still screens to shoot and screens to charge and things to interact with now. So I really played it as like a patient style, just kind of wait for your opponent to make mistakes and then capitalize as hard as you can kind of army. Now, Nick, you mentioned a word there, miracle dice. This is a very unique mechanic of the Sisters of Battle. Can you tell us about how this works and also how you use these miracle dice? How is your list built to best utilize them? Yeah, that's that's really what the, the Sisters Army is all about, at least the way I've written it. So miracle dice are a unique mechanic to Sisters. Basically, you get to generate miracle dice throughout the game by doing stuff. So you roll a die at the start of each battle round for playing Sisters. Let's say you roll three. You put the three into a pile. This is like a miracle dice pile. Before you do anything in the game pretty much that involves die rolls, hits, wounds, saves, charges, leadership tests, you can, instead of rolling that die, pull the three out of your pile, whatever you have laying there out of your pile, and say, I'm just going to roll this three instead of rolling the die and seeing what you get. And that's really important because you're already hit some of threes in this example. So you can you build up your pile of Miracle Dice by doing various things. So you get Miracle Dice for killing units, you get Miracle Dice for when your Repentia are killed or your characters are killed. The Triumph generates a Miracle Dice at the start of each player turn. So my turn, opponent's turn, my turn, opponent's turn. It really does start to farm it all up. And then throughout the game, you just end up with a, a nice pile, assortment of ones, twos, threes, fours, fives, and sixes. So when you really want to make a 12-inch charge, pull two sixes out of your pile and make a 12-inch charge. And usually no one can go for 12-inch charges. That's insanity. You fail that and you're just sitting there. But sisters can. So they also have a stratagem to advance and charge. So oftentimes I would, you know, use a four out of my Miracle Dice pile to get an advance roll of a four. And then I have a six and a three sitting there. So I know I have a nine-inch charge. And I can pre-measure, like, my unit moves six. I disembark three from my Rhino. That's nine. Uh, I automatically advance four. We're not going to ask questions about that. So that's 13. And I have a nine-inch charge sitting there. So that's... 22. So if you're within 22 inches of that exact set of Miracle Dice, I could charge you with a Repentia out of the Rhino. And it's on the smaller tables, that's a huge amount of board space. The, the maximum theoretical threat would be 27 inches if you roll six on the advance and box cards for the charge. Um, but it's not just that. Like the Zephyr Miracle Dice charging automatically reserves. So like I said, if you have a nine showing on your Miracle Dice, you can automatically charge that reserve, or you can even outflank Repentia and automatically charge it with them. Um, I, I use it on advanced rolls a lot for obsec sisters. Sometimes, you know, you want to go 11 inches and just put some obsec sisters on an objective, get your domination point, um, mess up your opponent's primary, something like that. So it's not even just huge plays where, like, I'm always advancing and charging repentia to make kill something important. Sometimes I'm advancing and charging two sisters that just survived, and they're going to fly 20 inches by the end of the turn and just stand somewhere to really mess my opponent's primary up. Or multi-melter retributors is another great place. Um, they have D6 damage weapons. 
I'm just going to do six damage here. And so there's a lot of really cool stuff you can do with Miracle Dice. The other thing is the Triumph and the Simulacrums. They let you manipulate Miracle Dice really well, too. So Miracle Dice only, you can only use one Miracle Dice per phase in your army. So obviously I have like 20 units in this list and they all want to use Miracle Dice, but I can only use one per phase. The Simulacrums let you use an additional Miracle Die on a unit if you already have used one. So that's really, Multi-Melted Retributors probably use this the most um, because I would really want to make sure that I'm getting the most value of my Miracle Dice on these Multi-Melters. So what I'll do is I'll roll... A few shots at a time, see how my hits are going. If they're going well, I'll just keep rolling. If they're not, like I've rolled four shots, I've gotten one hit. Maybe I'll miracle dice a couple hits just to make sure I've hit you. Same thing with wounds. I'll roll them slow, see how it's going. If I'm doing well, I don't have to waste miracle dice. Once I get to the damage step, uh, maybe I've already used a miracle dice to make sure I've gotten to the damage step. Maybe I haven't. But the first damage die is going to be a six because or a five, or whatever, the highest number that I value there. Um, and maybe if that's if I want to make sure a rhino dies, I can realistically put like two multi multi shots into the rhino, and then force two hits, force two wounds, then two d six damage. If I'm in half range, it could be two d six plus four. Basically, that's pretty good at killing the rhino. Um, you can also modify miracle dice um, or modify rolls by discarding miracle dice. I should say. So let's say I need to hit you on a three, and it just needs to happen. But I already used all my miracle dice this turn, and you know I might not have a three there. If you roll a two, normally that just sucks. You might be able to CP re-roll it, hoping for a three or hoping for a four or hoping for a five. Um, you can spend a CP and discard up to three Miracle Dice and modify that die by up to one point for each die discarded. So that's a great place to dump your ones, your twos, your threes. The fours, fives, and sixes, you want to keep them because they're really useful for charging and multi-melted damage. But those twos, like, what are you going to do with the two? So you just discard it. Another strat I love to use with the Miracle Dice are the Canonesses uh, reviving them. Um, after a cannonist dies, spend two CP and then discard up to three miracle dice, and she stands back up at the end of the phase with that many wounds remaining. So, especially the cannonist with the null rod, what I would do is like charge her into something, crush it because she's a monster in close combat for what she is, and then of course she's going to die. She either, she can't get smited off the field, which is huge. That's why the null rod's important. So she has to either be shot or countercharged off the field. So a lot of times. Um, you can set it up where she's a character still, so she's not really going to get shot, or she's very small and easy to hide behind ruins even after she's not within three inches of a unit. So your opponent has to like throw something into close combat, and she's not that hard to kill. But then she dies, and then she stands right back up for two CP, and then she just goes and kills another unit. And I have two cannons. So this is like a monstrous amount of damage I've been doing for basically no loss on my part. Wow, that sounds super potent. Uh, we all knew that Sisters had a lot of tricks, but uh, that's a really good just baseline on what the army does um with all of these different tricks uh is this uh so i know there's kind of the perception that sisters are just like one wound space brains with strength three toughness three do all of these tricks kind of compensate and lead to you having enough power to win your games or do you mostly find that it's the tricks themselves like is i guess is this more of like a power list that's trying to tail your opponent or is it just trying to play the mission and outplay people uh, it's it's a little bit of everything. Like it's not the best at tabling your opponent, but it's got enough teeth that it certainly can. It's not the best at playing the mission, but it's got enough stuff that it certainly can. I would say it's very much a jack of all trades, uh, but it does it differently than Space Marines do it. Like Space Marines table your opponent while playing the mission. Sisters also try to table your opponent while playing the mission. They don't excel at any aspect of it. What you need to be able to do as a Sisters player is kind of identify how your army, because your army is very flexible. At least this list is. 
It can, it can become a shooting army if I just sit back and fire multi-meltas and, and heavy bolters on the mortifiers if I feel like I could actually outshoot my opponent. It can be an assault army if like I've, I just want to charge her pension to you and Zephyrman to you and just start rolling close combat around. It could even be almost a horde army because there's just so many relatively tough sister bodies. Like They do have two-up armor and cover. You just stand around. If they don't have AP, this is going to take forever to shoot you off of. So I kind of, more for lack of a better term, do a SWAT analysis business school um, between my army and my opponent's army in the mission. And I figure out, all right, should I play this game aggressively or defensively? Should I reserve stuff? Should I focus on my shooting versus his close combat? Should I focus on applying my close combat? Am I, do I need the weight of attacks that the actual Sisters of Battle bring? I played against 80 racks and it's like, you know what? The only way I'm getting through 80 racks is if every model in my army contributes. So I, I started rapid firing bolters. I got the frag grenades out. I charge because the sister squads do have 17 attacks each on the charge. Like, it, not every game is like that. Some like against knights, my five man sisters will hide behind a wall while we're punching to the heavy lifting. But against like 80 racks, I used every model in my army aggressively. Okay, I love how flexible this army sounds. You know, definitely. Uh, I, I'm already a sisters player, but this made me want to play them even more. I want to get them on the table now. Well. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, start off then by just kind of diving into some of the different choices you made in this list. Uh, I know that you kind of have been playing Sisters for a while, and this is just the most recent version of that army. I've got to ask, was there anything that didn't quite make the cut, something that you've played with and maybe didn't quite make the list? Tons of things. So the nice thing about Sisters and also the not nice thing about Sisters is everything is viable. And I, I'm not just saying that because I'm a Sisters fanboy over here. I'm saying that because I tried every unit in this book, and I'm telling you, they're all viable. Like The three Mortifiers were a last-minute addition uh, right before the event. It used to be a solo exorcist, and I actually went for the Mortifiers in part because Yujan actually convinced me to at the very last second, even though he didn't mean to. Um, I thought they helped me versus my Chaos match, and I figured there'd be a lot of strong Chaos players there. Uh, the Exorcist is really nice in like the long-range shooting battles because it's something that can reach out on turn one and blow up like an Admech plane or something. But I felt like with this many bodies and the ability to ignore AP1, I wasn't too concerned about Admech. I mean, the meta I was going into would have players like TG Landing in there. I need an answer to Chaos. And not that Sisters aren't particularly weak against Chaos, but Mortifiers really do help tip that scale. So there's all those kinds of tech choices. Like the two-man Crusader unit could take it or leave it. It could be two Death Colts. It could not exist. You could take a second one. They are just there to improve my quality of life. They're another unit that I don't care about. So when I need to Deep Strike or I need to set up a screen against Deep Strikers, I don't have to use five sisters. I use a 32-point Crusader squad and keep my five sisters safe. When I need to scramble, it's two models that I can outflank for like one or two power level. Um, so I can do like a nine-girl Repentia unit and two Crusaders all for one power level. And the nine Repentia can use an automatic charge out of Miracle Dice to make sure they connect when they show up. And the Crusaders can go outflank and get me a scrambler. The, Zeph the Seraphim, I, I take them or leave them all the time. Sometimes I hate them. Sometimes I love them. They were very average this tournament, so again, nothing conclusive there. But they have tricks. They open up plays. I would say the entire army is, it kind of looks like a battle force because that was the idea. I just wanted to take tools so I had an answer for every possible situation. There were a lot of games where the Mortifiers did absolutely nothing, but then against 80 Racks, they did a lot. There were a lot of games where the Seraphim did nothing, but when I needed to, there's a cool trick you can do with them. You can deep strike them and spend one command point to shoot the end of your movement phase. So it also extends the range of your weapons. So your 12-inch Inferno pistols, 18-inch hand flamers, 18-inch bolt pistols. 
And I, the reason I gave the breakdown they did is because I have a bolt weapon, a flame weapon, and a melt weapon. I never use a strat, but I could use a strat Holy Trinity to give myself plus one to wound because I fired a bolt flame and, hit, and melt the weapon at a squad. So I could do that, deep strike in, clear what my opponent thought was a decent screen, like they're screening with like a cyber wolf or something very soft like that, or like a couple uh, death cults, something just squishy, 10 cultists even, will probably die to the hand flamers and bolt pistols. You can clear that out, and then it's a hole, and then you're outflanking Repent or Zephyr can deep strike in the hole. Or they could do that, and then that actually triggers in their movement phase. So I never did this, but I think you can actually scramble with them after that too. So there's just a lot of plays within that. So I just took tools for the sake of having tools, and I used whichever one I need in the situation. And you know, sometimes I didn't need every tool in my toolbox, but that is okay. Yeah, it's still good to have these tools just to give yourself some options. Um, honestly, I know that uh, I've obviously been here for part of your playtesting journey here. I am a little bit sad that the Exorcist didn't make it in just because it's a nice iconic sisters unit, but I have to say I fully support the Mortifiers. <laughs> I know you're a big fan of them. The Exorcist I like, like I said, it helps against planes. I think the other real big thing with the sisters here is uh, it's a great while we stand target because, I mean, nobody kills the Exorcist. And like when, they, when you're actually concerned about it, you just miracle dice to make them pass. There's a lot of tricks I use with the Exorcist, or I used it with Rhinos in this case because I still had those. If someone's shooting you with like super high quality shots like multi-meltas or las cans or anything of that nature, that's where I'm not even sweating. Usually like my tank with a six-up invul would be like really worried about that, right? But instead it's like I probably have a six showing on a miracle dice because I'm gonna hide for the first turn by the middle of the game. I've just rolled so many attempts, you just get sixes. And then you can always modify it. So like if someone puts three las can saves into you, it's like all right, I'm going to roll the first die. If it's like a one, two, or three, I'll probably just let it fail and you know I have two more chances to, to pull off my trick here. And if it's a four or five, what I'll do is I'll modify that four or five up to a six and then pass it. So the next one, I only have two saves to take, right? So Because I passed the first one by modifying my fail. If I happen to roll six, even better, but you can't count on that. The second save, it's like, hmm, I'll just use a miracle die. And I could even use a five, which is why Triumph, one of the reasons Triumph is so good she'll let you use an additional Miracle Die, and she can modify them by plus or minus one. So now as long as I have a five showing in my pile, I can modify the five to a six, I passed an invul. I can modify the four I rolled to a six, passed an invul. And then I'll let the last one go through at that point because D6 damage can't kill a Rhino. Same trick for the Exorcist, and then like if it does start to get whittled away, drive it behind a wall, preserve five points for while we stand. All right, speaking of while we stand, since there wasn't actually an Exorcist in this list, what kind of secondaries did you find that you were normally taking with the Sisters Army? I know that you mentioned that you felt pretty good about the primary, having the extra OPSEC bodies. But what did your secondary game look like? Secondaries were different in almost every match, and that's because my list isn't built to do anything well, but it's built to do everything okay. So again, much like I decided how I'm going to play the game based on my opponent and what the mission was, I picked secondaries based on that as well. In some games, I took Raise the Banners, like in Vital Intelligence, I took the combination of Raise the Banners and uh, Data Intercept, because those two kind of go very hand in hand together. In the five objective missions, I would take Direct Assault and Domination, because it's very easy to accomplish both those same priority targets. So if I can take a mission secondary, I often would. Uh, I, I almost always took either Domination or Engage in All Fronts, mission and opponent dependent, but I don't think I ever didn't take one from that category. Uh, I took while we stand often. My while we stands in this list are pretty mediocre. 
I would say. Uh, they're not terrible, but and I'll kind of explain how it works. Uh, the Triumph, she's awesome. She literally never dies. If you're concerned about her dying, hide her behind a wall until the link again game. Uh, there were times where I just put her on the front line and like dared my opponent to shoot her because I knew it was an absolute waste of his time. Uh, he didn't, much to my dismay, but she got to do stuff. Um, so while we stand as an option, it's Triumph. It is the Zephyrim and it's the Mortifiers. And those sound like units you want to use, and I totally get it. It's not a secondary you take every time. Um, like against 80 racks, I knew I was going to need the volume of attacks from the Mortifiers and the volume of attacks from the Zephyrim to chew through that. So I didn't take while we stand there. But then I played a game uh, against Space Wolves, and I would like my Zephyrim, I'd like my Mortifiers, but honestly, against the Space Wolves I played, uh, the multi-melters and retributors could have ran the show, which they did. So I, I outflanked the mortifiers, and they just showed up in my own backfield. I, you know, I threatened to use them. My opponent had a screen and sets up plays. I deep struck the Zephyrim. He doesn't know how I'm going to use them, so he has to screen against those. It sets up plays, and because I took them as well, we stands. I just deep strike them in on turn three. Outflanked them in on turn three. Put them behind a wall in safety, and I'm good to go. Now you only have two turns to go dig this unit out from behind a wall. It's not happening. So, because they're they're tough to kill, but they're behind a wall and in cover and things of that nature. Um, so I did that a lot. Uh, scramblers I didn't take too often. I'm not the biggest fan of scramblers, but I did take it sometimes. And between the seraphim clearing holes and the crusaders doing what they do, I hated every time I took it. Uh, I don't have any psychers in here, which is a blessing and a curse. It opens up a board the witch and your chaos and your gray knight matchups. It also closes the option to psychic secondaries, but because um sisters just have such powerful denies i often find people couldn't take psychic secondaries against me so that helped as well uh it was really dependent on the opponent like it's also sisters are pretty good at assassinate believe it or not um or grind them down even those are secondaries i don't love taking because they're kind of in my opponent's control and if they start to go wrong they, they really go wrong but like with assassinate you you know how far you're gonna go you have flying zephyrm you have 27 inch moving repentia charging um, going all kinds of crazy places. So as screens start to deplete, as people start to run out of models to stand in front of their characters, you can just charge Repentia into characters towards the end game, or Zephyr into characters in the end game. With Miracle Dice, you can really control like things that should die just don't. You can just force stuff to stay alive, force stuff to auto-pass morale with Miracle Dice. So I can, if I'm, I can control, grind them down to a degree with that, like make sure you're not killing more than I am with that. Um, so those are things I look out for. Yeah, you mentioned something there in particular, Nick, that uh, Sisters have a lot of psychic defense and uh, denial against those types of armies. What kind of tools did you build into your list for psychic defense, and what is the overall power of Sisters for denial? All Sisters can deny the Witch, just all their units can, normal 24 inches, but they only roll one dice at it. Now, that's pretty awful, right? You like one dice versus two dice, and I have to beat you, that's just never going to happen. But um, they, you can take the the Imagifier tail for one CP to reroll a die. Now still, one dice rerolling isn't that great. But what Sisters also have is they have Sacred Rites. And Sacred Rites are kind of like your monofaction rule, like, like Combat Doctrines for Space Marines, or uh, uh, Contagions for Death Guards, that kind of thing. So what you, Sisters are very unique because they can choose theirs at the table. There's six different choices, and you can either pick one at the start of the table after deployment, and it's after deployment, so I can see the matchup, see how we've deployed, see the ebb and flow of the game, and just decide. Um, most of them are pretty mediocre. The one I took all five games, because the way my tournament played out was Exploding Six to in Close Combat. That's the standard one. It's a combat army at the end of the day. Every model in my army punches really hard, and Exploding Six is just a really solid rule. Uh, I like to use tricks also, where I'll like, use a six on the Miracle Die 
unlike a repentia to make sure I get two repentia hits. And like sometimes that's that's nifty, it's all you need. Um, but the, another one you can do is uh, plus three to deny. So my plan is if I play against like a thousand sons army or like someone who's brought Magnus or anything like that, is take the plus three to deny strat. So now you take that Imagifier tail, you have plus three to denies. Your average roll on a D6 with a reroll is probably a four or five. You know, it's kind of hard to figure out the actual average there, but a four or five plus three is really a seven or an eight. And those are pretty solid from just every unit in your army just throws out sevens and eights on denies. You can use Miracle Dice. So I always have a nine showing as long as I have a five or a six and I triumph nearby. I have a six on my Miracle Dice pool plus three. If you didn't pass, you know, people don't count on passing their powers super high. They count on passing their powers, period. So you rolled warp time. You rolled a seven. That literally doesn't go off if I don't want to because I have a nine showing. You have to get a ten or higher to make me then, if I want to, spend a CP on a four up, I block your power. That's just another strat sisters have. Oh, that's really, really interesting. Um, now, uh, before we jump into another uh, wonderful analysis of the sisters list, let's do a little bump. Enjoying the content? Check out our live streamed games, army reviews, and much more on the AOW40K YouTube channel. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Now, Nick, you talked through some of these fundamental rules of the sisters. Let's talk about these characters. Some very interesting choices. Um, you have two canonesses here doubling up in the single battalion, as well as the triumph and the preacher and a magifier. What do these characters bring? Why are they so crucial to this list? And how do they help you win games? I'll start with the easy ones and explain the hard ones um, as we go. The Preacher, very simple. 35 points. He makes the Crusaders not take a slot. I would normally have seven elites in my six elite battalion, but he makes them not take a slot. And he's an aura of plus one attack. And my army loves plus one attacks. So that's pretty good. I actually will often take two Preachers, but the slots just weren't there in this detachment. Um, so the other one is the Imagifier. This is my Warlord, and I kind of just stack every buff I care about onto her and just let her be a 9-inch aura of buffs. So she starts off with plus 1 invul. Um, so my whole army just, instead of having a 5 in, or 6 up invul, will have a 5 up invul. It's very nice. And then things like the Repentia, or not the Repentia, the Zephyrim and the Seraphim, they, uh, they, actually, they start with a 5 up invul, and they'll actually go to a 4 up invul. So they're actually quite annoying to kill. Um, and then that's also an aura of plus 1 strength, so 9-inch aura of plus 1 strength. And then, I, of course, if I want to do the deny thing in the chaos match, like I was explaining, she could be a nine-inch aura of the reroll denies. Then we have the canonesses. Uh, I typically have ran one smash canis, the beneficence one, with like eight to nine attacks, and uh, I've, I flop on the warlord traits here. Uh, this time I went with reroll wounds. I've, I found I'm pretty happy with that one because with, she's only strength four, sometimes strength five. You can always use a strat for plus one to wound, um, which is great. But when you're trying to like nine hits, nine kills something, you really want the reroll wounds type of stuff. And she slaughters like squads, she'll slaughter like like characters, she obliterates space marines, there's tons of AP4, two damage each, it's awesome. Um, and then I use her, she's also great in the chaos match, because chaos doesn't typically shoot, so she can, she can really run the show because you have to, she charges in, she kills something, you can't smite her to death, which is usually the defense against that kind of stuff. So, like, she can walk into, like, the super chicken or Magnus or whatever it might be. And even if they kill her in close combat, she just stands right back up and does it again next turn. Uh, what I found with just one Canis, especially if it's the Smash Canis, is that she's off on doing her own thing or she's hiding out in a rhino waiting to be used kind of like as a missile. 
And then my retributors don't reroll ones. I'm, I'm not happy about that. So the other cannons is kind of on retributor babysitting duty. And because they have different weapon profiles, one is tons of attacks at damage two, the other one is like five to six attacks at damage three. Uh, it depends what I'm playing against. If I'm playing a bunch of like three wound space marines, I'm going to want the damage three one doing the work while the beneficence one takes a backseat and keeps the uh, retributors alive. And typically the stuff that goes and hunts those retributors are things like vanguard vets. And then I have the nine attack lady with two damage each slaughtering vanguard vets after they kind of make that trade. So it works out very nicely there. Whereas one kind of is the run the ones that show and the other one is the counter punch and support buff character. In some games, they both just go on solo missions and I just have two badass ladies running around with swords. Uh, it's very flexible there. The last one is the Triumph. She's a very controversial piece. I think a lot of sister players have gravitated towards her as they get more and more experienced with it, but she's definitely not obvious and very few people know what she does. She's the quintessential support character in the sister's army. She is the factory of your miracle dice, so you generate one at the start of your turn and your opponent's turn um, by taking her. Now, there are other ways to get miracle dice in your sister's army. There's warlord traits, but then this opens up the warlord trait that I took for Righteous Rage and plus one invul because I didn't spend warlord traits generating miracle dice. She, there's relics you could take to modify to reroll miracle dice. I find you don't need them. Uh, it's not bad to have, but I think it's extra when you take the triumph because uh, she can modify miracle dice and she just generates you so many. You could take things like Evan Chalice or Martyr Lady, which also generate more miracle dice. But Triumph, in a way, lets me skip all of those Warlord traits, skip the opportunity cost of taking that relic instead of this one, skip the CP cost of taking a second detachment, and just she slots in anywhere. She can go in any detachment. She doesn't care about what the Sacred Rites are, Bloody Rose, Martyr Lady. She doesn't have a keyword. She goes anywhere, um, which sucks because she doesn't benefit from any keywords. Like She doesn't reroll once to hit, but she slots in, and she alleviates a lot of pressure that would otherwise be on my list to generate Miracle Dice. So it's kind of a design choice. Do you want to spend Warlord traits and relics and detachments to get Miracle Dice, or do you want to spend 195 for a Triumph? And additional to all the Miracle Dice manipulation she does, she also she slaps pretty hard in close combat. She's got 14 attacks. They're all pretty okay quality, but you know I'll charge her into like five-man squads or like a crappy character, and she'll just beat them up real bad. She's so hard to kill, like never worth attacking because um, things like... High damage shots, I just pass. She's got a floor up invul. Like, I'm just gonna use Miracle Dice all day until those go away. She is vulnerable to like high quality or high quantity of like two damage shots, like heavy bolter spam or noise marines. She hates that stuff. So that's the games where I'll park her behind a wall until the deal with the heavy bolters and noise marines. And then she can come out. She's infantry, which is amazing because she's got an enormous base and she would always be very clunky to move around the table, especially if you play with a lot of terrain or ruins. But she's infantry, so she's just turning into a Kool-Aid man and YOLOing through walls. Advancing and charging in her for one CP is really cool. She can also use Miracle Dice, so she can spend the first two turns, three turns, being very safe, just farming a Miracle Dice, being a while we stand target, waiting for the heavy bolters or whatever it is to die so that she is no longer threatened. Then on turn three, oh, I'll use my five, modify it to a six, advance six inches, she's moving 12. One CP, advance a charge, then I'll use a 10 on my Miracle Dice to charge 10 more inches. And she's just in the middle of your army. She also then provides a plus one to hit her for Sisters 1-6, so... Really nice for things like the Zephyrum, which don't really have a better way of hitting than just hitting on threes, and if they're near a Canis, reroll ones. Twos, reroll ones feels really good. Same thing with the Repentia. They normally hit on fours, reroll everything, which isn't bad, but threes, reroll everything is like, this is just so many hits. So she's just an awesome support key piece. That's a wonderful breakdown of the characters here. 
Um, and I think they they deserve a lot of credit for the list. Uh, oftentimes you have the Retributors and the Repentia taking all the credit, but the characters are really the backbone of these Bloody Rose Sisters lists. Now, uh, in the past, you've played quite a few games with uh, St. Celestine, um, and she would also, if she slotted into this list, fit as a While We Stand instead of the Zephyrim. Why might you not take uh, St. Celestine? She's good. I have used her. Um, she, she would probably replace as a Canis and something else because I run out of slots and I don't really want you know, I just don't want four combat HQs. But um, 170 is just so much for a model. Like, if you look at my sister's army, I have, what, 1, 2, 3, 8, 11, I got 20-something units over here. Um, she takes the place of minimum two of them. So she cuts down the amount of stuff I have. Like, she replaces a character and removes a unit. So I'm trading a character for a character and a, or a character squad for a character. And it's just... Like, the while we stand is nice, you'll probably get five points out of her because she comes back to life even if something bad happens. But she doesn't do anything. Um, she does less than my 50, 60-point canvases because she doesn't reroll, and it's just worse stats, honestly. Um, I just don't like her that much. She is nice because she gives the plus one Invalorus, so you can mm -hmm. stack that with the other plus one Invalorus. My sister's only got four up Invals. But what I found is... Right now, the meta is not at a point where you need to be taking a ton of four-up Invul Sisters and walking around. It's more Valorous Heart style where you just don't take damage. This army is okay losing stuff. It's just more about getting trades off. So I'll, I'll want you to kill five sisters, and then you, you do. I mean, I don't want it, but I'll use five sisters to go do something. You'll kill them, but then I get to kill, attack the unit you kill them with. I'm not trying to put my whole army out there on turn and just say I'm so durable. I always say sisters are tough for their points, but they're not actually tough. and that's why I don't really go crazy on trying to put the four-up into my list. All right, now, Nick, another interesting list choice that you've made here is three rhinos. Rhinos are some, you know, a very good transport, solid, not too many points. But three of them, that starts to get pricey, and they're also filling a very similar role. We've seen a lot of sisters list with a single rhino, used as a taxi for Repentia, throw them into the rhino, throw them out, advance and charge, make a long-distance uh, you know, killing play. How come you went for three here? I think a lot of sisters players make the mistake of trying to cut the corners with their transports. Uh, like Exactly like you said, you can hide Repentia behind walls, you put one in Rhino and you make the play, and the rest of your army is kind of tough enough it can wander about. What I find is you don't actually... You can't cross midfield with just Sister stat lines. It's too hard. Um, you need to have a little bit more durability, um, and the Rhino provides that. So it's not the easiest thing in the world to kill a Rhino that ignores AP1 as a six-up invul and miracle dice to make it work when you need to make it work. So a lot of times I will, towards like turn three, load up a, a rhino that has now been emptied by Repentia. Like I had to start Repentia into it. They got out, they did their thing. The multi-melted retributors got out, started in it. They got out and did their thing. Then I'll load it up with 10 obsec sisters that would otherwise have no way of getting to the opponent's side of the table, besides buffing it. Um, bust the rhino out. I'll use a miracle dice. I'll advance it 18 inches. Pop smoke that turns. Now it's minus one to hit, ignores AP minus one, six up in but I have all the miracle dice to make this work on turn three, on turn four. And then if you don't stop this rhino, which isn't honestly that threatening, it's a rhino with 10 sisters inside, then I'm going to pour obsec all over your objectives and you're going to lose terrible primary scores that way. Also, if I go second, that's a great way to make sure I get a 15 on the bottom of five. The reason I've went for three rhinos is because sometimes there is indirect fire. You know, they're not, it's not super common. This isn't the land of the Thunderfires like it used to be. But, you know, Garter or Faction, Scorpius Disintegrators do exist. Uh, Plaber's Crawlers are a unit. There's indirect fire is a thing. 
And you don't want Repentia just dying because you didn't take a Rhino. It almost forces you to outflank them. And I don't like being forced to make choices. I like making choices that are smart for the situation. If I'm being forced to do something, I'm very unhappy about it. So uh, in some games, I will do like all the Repentia in a Rhino. And then uh, in, the sec- in the third Rhino, it's like nine goes in one, eight goes in the other. The last one might be the five, like just a five-girl sister squad and five Repentia. I'll use that one to be a little bit more forward. So the the, pench, the five-year-old Pencha, part of the reason they're there is that like sometimes you don't want to commit a full nine-minute Pencha squad to like solving a task, but the task does need to be solved by something that requires more effort than it's it's like a medium profile. Like if I have sisters, I have multi-meltas, and I have nine-girl Pencha squads or nine-man Zephyr squads, that's all fine and dandy. But I, you know, sometimes I struggle to kill five intercessors with transhuman or five vanguard vets. Um, at least in a trade war that's efficient, because I don't want to trade nine Repentia for five Vanguard Vets, but I'll trade five. Um, that sounds good to me. And then also the five sisters there attacks on nicely. Or maybe I'll outflank a unit of Repentia because I wanted to, and then the multi the Retributors, who are very important in the match, can go into Rhino so that they're safe for a little while. So, But it opens up plays, and then it's, it's very much a taxi service. Once girls get out, different girls get in, and we reposition them, like I explained they're also great character protection because when the canises do go on solo missions, they're moving 12 inches with advancing and charging and moving another 10. They go all over the place. And you only can use those kinds of plays really on one unit in a turn. Sisters are very vulnerable to being interrupted upon. And they're also, uh, you can't advance and charge more than once. It's a strat, so in a turn. So if I'm using it on something like a canis, I don't want it to just be exposed, especially if it's the null rod canis because you can't get smited. I really don't want to get shot also. That way you have to kill her in combat so I can resurrect, like I've explained. So the Rhino will just drive and stay within three of her. They also bump into stuff. Like, no one wants to shoot empty Rhinos. So after they've done their job, I'm just driving around, the hold objectives, keep my character safe, bump into things so they have to fall back. Just very annoying things. All right, I like it. That uh, sounds really useful, honestly. Now, obviously, you talked about the uses of sacred rites where pure sisters are very valuable. But this is an Imperium army. Do you at all consider adding any allies to the army, or were you pretty confident with pure sisters? I've I've dabbled with allies in my sisters. I, I'll say I haven't explored allies super much because I I've really been trying to learn why sisters work and how they work at the higher levels, and and I think we're kind of seeing the fruits of my labor pay off here. But I, I really liked uh, the Custody sisters from Las Vegas Nopen that one that Tank Roberts wrote. John, you actually played it. it was the the Custodies bring while we stands to the army, which is something sisters would love to build around if you can afford to. Uh, they also give durability to the army. Like I said, sisters aren't actually tough. They're just tough for their cost. Custodies are actually tough. So giving something actually tough to my army would be a whole new tool, which I otherwise wouldn't have. You can go uh, a different direction. I've, I have dabbled with Admech and sisters just to bring like real firepower to sisters. What it ends up being is now you're playing an Admech army that has Repentia for countercharge and sisters for OPSEC instead of rangers for OPSEC. And that's fine. That was a really good list. Uh, it just wasn't my style. I, I enjoy the style that is Mono Sisters more because it's like that army is a gun line that has counter charge. And that's fine. That's how I'm not kind of want to play a lot of times. But I like playing more proactive toolboxing armies. Um, and I think Mono Sisters does that because it's not even so much that your sacred right is so powerful. It is really good. Like Splitting Sixes, the ability to just stop a Chaos Army dead in its tracks, it's really, really useful. But opportunity cost is real. Not taking allies has a real opportunity cost. Like Scions would also be good to help out with scramblers and provide a different weapon profile, more deep striking threats. Um, the thing is, though, to make multiple detachments work in Sisters, now you're 
you you need to take all enough miracle dice to make your army still function. You need to take enough miracle dice to make the sisters do what the sisters do. And you don't really want to take triumph in that army because you're just not buffing as much sisters there. So you end up going down the other rabbit hole, which is like litanies of faith, warlord trait, the, the relic to reroll miracle dice. And in an ally detachment, there's no place to put that stuff except for on your canvas. So the real opportunity cost is not just trade out exploding sixes for some guns or trade out exploding sixes for some custodies. It's trade out your smash cannons, trade out exploding sixes. Your troops, you're probably not taking five squads, you're taking three, a bare minimum thing. You're, you're straining your multi-meltas and your retributors and your uh, repentia because everyone wants the sixes, uh, but you don't generate, generate that miracle dice. You have to choose between do I want to make a 27-inch advance and charge play or do I want to actually shoot with my retributors? When you have a mono sisters list, it all flows a lot better. So you just get to do both. And I find the natural flow of the army is way more useful a lot of the time than just having what would normally be better units. It's a synergy thing, more or less. But I, sisters would do superly well. You can toss sisters into any list. I think they quickly become, you're not playing sisters, you're playing whatever the other faction you took was. The ally becomes the actual army, and the sisters become the ally to that army. And I wanted to play sisters. This was a really wonderful breakdown of your sisters list that won the Table and Tower GT. Moving forward, how do you feel about sisters, and would you make any changes to this list? I'm super excited about sisters. I think this army played wonderfully. I'm actually going to be playing them uh, tomorrow in the war room, or I guess tonight, if you're listening to this as a, as a war room member. Um, so that'll be a coaching game. I'll be trying them against the new Drukari that just came out. So we'll have to see what the meta shakes out there. Uh, that might be a challenging match, because sisters do... Uh, sisters, I would say, struggle with the most extreme levels of the game. So, like, if someone put 300 orcs in my face, I'm like, can I actually kill that? I don't know. I very strug much struggled to kill 80 racks. I did get through it, though. Um, I like my army. I don't think I really need to change much. You can make personal choice changes, because sisters are like that. Like, no two sisters I've ever seen look the same. A lot of it is personal choice. Emulators are great if you don't want to run three rhinos. Like, they pay more, get weapons. It's pretty simple. Um, I like the transport slots because you get those extra bodies, and I like to do the taxi rides a lot, but you don't have to. You could be more comfortable without flanking Repentia every game. You can run an exorcist instead of the mortifiers. I, I've ran the mortifiers to help out with specific horde problems, and they did exactly that. When I didn't play hordes, they stood behind a wall and got me five while we stands. When I did play hordes, they killed a lot of models. So I, this worked really well for me. But there's definitely other ways to play Sisters and other adaptations to this list. I don't think you need to reinvent the wheel with Sisters. I don't think there's a wheel to reinvent. You just you take Repentry, you take Multi-Melted Retributors. That is your bread and butter. After that, it's how you want to finish it out. Well, thank you so much, Nick. Uh, this was really enlightening as somebody who doesn't play Sisters often or get to play against them. And so uh, it was a pleasure to hear you talk about this very complex, dynamic army. Now... Um, Heading into part two, we are going to be discussing those matchups, so please join us there. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Want to learn even more? Enter the War Room. Gain access to six classes per week, coaching games, strategy sessions. Have the best players in the world at your fingertips. TheArtOfWar40K.com